Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> we started recording with my stupid bathroom fan was on again because i turned it on yeah i was about to pour the gin into our gin and tonics and i heard grace just i like, like smacked it with some panache like i was like you also like skipped into the bathroom and then it starts like whirring for the last 10 <laughs> minutes but anyway i feel like because we've been asked a few times in our instagram dms and i actually had a work email and someone said to me at the end of the work email i hope grace's hair turned out all right oh um after we Took it upon ourselves to dye your blonde hair last week with a packet dye. I actually don't know what came over me. So when we ended the episode, your hair was drying in mm-hmm. real time. And yes. I could see that it was looking quite grey. But then it turned out to not be grey and instead was this sort of unseemly mixture of brown, blonde and red. <laughs> I've never seen a colour quite like it. Yeah. But it makes it, sense. It was, kind, it was just kind of like orangey brown. <laughs> Like that Sainsbury's bag, but worse. Yeah, an orange hue. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God. And it gave me a real identity crisis and it made me think about Fleabag, <laughs> where she's like, hair is everything. Yeah. It really is. I felt crazy and not like myself with orange hair. <laughs> and miserable. I was like, I just can't be a fun, flirty blonde anymore. I'm just a weird girl with orange hair who doesn't belong anywhere. Yeah, then you immediately booked, like on the couch, you mm-hmm. booked your hair at a proper salon for the next day yeah for the next day so i was like okay this is fine this is redeemable it's weird because i've been dyeing my hair actually born blonde naturally blonde but it got darker over the years so i started dyeing it and i've been dyeing it for how long 10 years or something ages and i know i understand the mechanics of how blonde works which is that you're not dyeing your 
dark roots blonde, you're highlighting over them to create a natural looking color. So I have no idea why I thought I would dye those roots blonde because that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And if you'd given me two seconds notice I before know. unpacking the gear. My I'm... manic behavior. I was like, Isabel, just put this on my head right now. We've got 20 minutes. And you were like, okay. And he did like with my hairdresser who was Polish and she was really mean to me and angry at me. Said you did a really good job. Did she? She was like, if she, this girl hadn't done such a good job, maybe it would have been easier to get out. Yeah, I was really, I was trying to get every single hair. Every nook and cranny, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) So I went to this really expensive hairdresser, assuming they could just fix it. But because how highlights work, obviously, is that they're highlights over (laughs) a darker color. So she was trying to put blonde highlights on this kind of horrible orange color. So now it's got this kind of naughties, which I'm told is in fashion but for like tiktok kids and not for an old chewy like me old chewy like an old chug like me um so now i've taken to wearing a hat because it looks (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. we met up today on the road and grace was in like a detective's hat it looked really cute though (laughs) i'm gonna buy a collection of hats (laughs) for the next year and she said to you that it wouldn't be fixed for five years and you text me no five like goes right which is like two years right and then you text me saying you're almost crying in the hairdresser so mean to me i was scared to go to the hairdresser because i knew it's like going to the dentist when you haven't been in like five years you know they're gonna yell at you Mm. and i was like look i know i know before i sat down i know it's bad and she was like it's really bad i was like i know it's bad i was like shut up aggie Maybe shove a boot up your ass and then she was like um <laughs> and then she was like look um what have which she goes she goes whatever we do today it's not gonna look good i was like thank you yeah you were like i'm almost crying honesty. yeah she was so mean and then she like left and then came back and was just kept going just said it's just i'm gonna be honest with you it's not gonna look good for like five to six goes I why like, would you do that aggie that's two years away it's okay you can wear gonna be a mother of four by then get some more hats Anyway, it doesn't actually look as bad when they dried it. It's it's fine. Yeah. You looked like you were lying. No, it is. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Fine. But it's not good. And there's going to be a problem, which she's warned me, which is that the regrowth is going to grow out my natural color, the darker blonde, with this weird <laughs> copper blonde. <laughs> And I'm going to have to do something about that. I don't even know what I'm going to do when that happens. You just wear hats all summer long. I'm actually going to have to wear hats. hats. Yeah, it'll be good for protecting my skin. Yes. Meanwhile, I went and paid an extortionate amount of money for a really cute boy called Jordan to cut my hair into a, what was it? He was just like, we'll just make it look really uncut. And I was like, perfect, because that's actually what I want. $4 billion. (laughs) Yeah. My boyfriend's mum was like, let me see your hair. And it just doesn't look any different. He didn't even notice. It had been like a week. And then his mum was like, let me see your hair. And he was like, oh, God. But oh it looks God. the exact same. It looks the same. That's the trick. You just have to spend a, a huge amount of money to look I don't like you haven't. Really, I'm not French- the kind of person that looks to like... Sk- French girl beauty. I don't know. I literally feel like I had an aneurysm when I did that. And I'm going to be paying yeah, for it's just it another for a really lockdown. long time. It's just another lockdown story. But if it? it was in lockdown, it would make sense. We were out of lockdown when I did it. I could have gone to a hairdresser. Yeah, it was quite chaotic. I wasn't sure what was It was manic. I feel like on. it was a manic episode. Sorry for indulging you. Oh my God. Anyway, so I was trying to rack my brain to think of anything to tell these lovely 
women, (laughs) lovely girls and gays, what I have been doing this week. But again, I'm watching just Mad Men and Love Island on repeat. But I did listen to, so I have started running as I've been talking about. And when I run, I can't listen to music because I have like four songs I like and I keep flicking <laughs> through them being like, no, it's not only so much. No, Harry Styles' <laughs> 2019 album, one can get through. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've been listening to podcasts and then just got an Apple Watch, again, boring, but it wouldn't download. I couldn't figure out how to download podcast episodes onto it. So I ended up listening to this podcast called Sentimental in the City which I had subscribed to and never listened to. And it's this British woman called Carolyn O'Donoghue. And um, for the most recent season, she gets on Dolly Alderton. And I thought it was just going to be quite stale because it's just talking about Sex in the City Talking episodes. about Sex in the City feels just so impossible to make interesting nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what put me off it, even though it's very highly recommended. Yeah. And then they were talking about the second movie and it was just really funny. And it was like the exact kind of podcast that you can just listen to and completely zone out, which is exactly what I need when I'm running. So mm-hmm. if anyone else has ricks for something like that, now I'm really into stupid armchair expert as well. Cause it's the exact same. It was like, Oh, Dax relapsed. I was like, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> She gets up a thing and it's just like a picture of his face with a seven on it. And she's like, he's on day seven. Yeah. That was, from, was that from ages ago? That was from September. Our friend Tax Shepherd. I know. <laughs> little Monica. But yeah, it is quite funny. Obviously, Dolly Alderton is just a hilarious human being. They were talking about the second movie and they were talking about how everyone hates it. And it was just an absolute failure. And even the cast and crew and everyone hates it. So they were just talking about all the moments they loved from it and there's some really iconic moments like yes. Liza Minnelli yes marries Stanford and yes. Anthony which is insane yeah and the, Carrie wears a tuxedo yeah the I Carolyn know. woman was like at the time it was just so annoying because single ladies by Beyonce was everywhere mm-hmm. but you fast forward to now when you watch <laughs> it and you're like I am so into watching Liza Minnelli sing single ladies yeah we should re-watch it we should re-watch it let's re-watch it we can't watch it after this We'll sort it out, guys. Don't worry. We'll find a time. <laughs> you don't need to know. And I also loved that huge skirt she wore with, like, the Dior kind of tank mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bussing. Oh, she didn't bus Aiden. There's not that much sex and sex in the city for sex Sex in the city. Yeah, not anymore. Not in the movies. Not in the movies. I was thinking about it because it made me just think about the fact that there's this new show that we're just not even talking about called and just like that which is a really shit name for the show and the trailer looked crazy it looked like it had been pulled together on like iMovie and well, they, hadn't even, they hadn't even started filming That's which what I, I mean found I kind of weird don't understand and then obviously Samantha Kim Cattrall's not coming back she fucking hates those other women it's so sad it's so sad but then there was a news headline yesterday that said they've cast three new actresses all women of color to be in like the main group because obviously Sex in the City is so undiverse and they've diversified the writer's room, Aiden's coming back, but I'm like, how are they going to make it not Jade? That's going to be the challenge. I think the thing that would make sense was would be to push the original cast members to the peripheries of a new story. So have them in it, but not have it about them. But it's only going to be 10 episodes. So I'm like, why are you shooting yourselves in the foot already? You should just have the new cast Maybe the new cast can like do it for 10 episodes and highlight these new women and then they carry on for season two or something. Yeah, I think 
They also should have gotten the girls from the Chelsea and Lauren from every outfit on Sex and the City Instagram to be involved. Yeah, fully. In I don't way. get why they're not writers on it. I know, because they wrote about Samantha's funeral ages ago, and it was just the funniest script ever. They're hilarious. And then they've got a podcast now, which I listen to every week, actually. That's another good recommendation. But I can't listen to it when I run, because Chelsea's voice is so slow, and um, that Californian drawl that I start running so slowly, I'm like walking backwards by the end of it. (laughs) But um, they were talking about what it will look like now, and they said that, which is so bang on, that Carrie will have a podcast. Or at least appear on one. Yes. Yeah. Because her like dating column will turn into a podcast or something. Yeah. And she'll have a Telfar bag. Yes. <laughs> like a pink one. Yes. A hot pink one. Yes. What else did they say? They said that hopefully Miranda will still be in men's suits. I wonder if Miranda will be a lesbian That would be so the bare minimum they could do yes. is make Miranda a lesbian finally. And she could have like a really sort of sensible co-parenting schedule with Steve. Yes. Charlotte and Harry still together. That's cute. And because Big isn't coming back, it sounds like Aiden will be Carrie's husband. Maybe. I don't get everyone frothing on Aiden. He's such a wet blanket. Yeah, he's that guy that you just get the ick with immediately. Exactly. Everyone's like, oh, I should have married Aiden. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? No way. Sociopathic hedge fund manager <laughs> all the way. I think it'll be shit without Chris North. He's so mm. essential. Is there like a funny old boyfriend they could bring back for Carrie that would make sense? Um, you know. There's that guy she, who, there's that famous episode called freak show or circus or whatever where there's that guy who's really normal and cute and handsome and then she freaks out and like destroys his apartment looking for something that's weird about him yes and everyone's always like he's the only normal boyfriend she ever had yes i would probably be a bit too niche to bring back she's like married to him and really normal (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's definitely gonna be scenes where she's gonna be like i'm out of my depth with these people what's a pansexual like how stale will carrie be trying to do maybe she can launch like an e-com store with like sex toys they were talking in that sentimental in the city pod about how the plot did make of that second movie did make sense in that how carrie hooked up with aiden because she just married big and was going through that freak out of him like wanting to watch tv and wanting to settle down and live a really kind of normal life and because he didn't want kids they both didn't want kids she was like it's just gonna be the two of us we just have to go to parties and we have to have fun and we have to like work on the the sparkle or whatever and then she got like her first negative review in the new yorker saying that in what she was with the new yorker be reviewing her, i know like, her dating columns, columns. <laughs> yeah they were da- they were talking about how her her single dating columns were great but she knew nothing about being married and then it would make sense for her to go off and hook up with aiden but what would have been a much better storyline would be to explore that storyline of them both not wanting kids and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. They just rung it in. I feel yeah. like that script got like a literal once over like, written by an intern at <laughs> yes. Darren Star's company. And he was like, Samantha needs to get fucked on a four wheel drive in, in the, the sand desert. dunes. And that's all we want. <laughs> anyway, um, what anyway. have you been doing? Okay. So I've been in this real housewives of Beverly Hills hole that I can't describe. It's like I had a heroin like, effect on me i've been able to do nothing else something happened last night where the spell just lifted and now i'm back to normal but for yeah. the last week i wake up thinking about it i fall asleep thinking about it while i was working i had it on on a second laptop as i worked and would pause it as i had to write something and then if i was doing some sort of menial task i would be playing it in the background yeah you I sent was just me a, manic um, for it sent me it on like 
at 1pm on Tuesday a screenshot of your bed and the computer screen with Yolanda on it saying Yolanda was just screaming at people in a photo shoot. Yeah, um, and she's I was screaming like, at Gigi Hadid like not to eat anything, which was jarring. And I was like, normalize watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on a Tuesday at 1pm. I love how we're not talking about that factor. I know, it's so crazy when that happens and it's like, what happens to me because I've got that weird blind eye that like at like 11 p.m. my eye starts going like, like blind as you know because I'm patch as you know because I'm always putting eye drops in all night but um that will start happening so I'll have one eye shut and one eye open like a pirate watching Love Island at you one in the morning you a Love Island eye patch yes they're just those shows are just they're like crap. They suck They're, your soul. They suck you in. And it's such good reality TV. Mm. It's such good reality TV. I just can't get over it. And I don't even want to talk about it because I know it all happened literally 10 years ago. <laughs> so no one no And one when cares. I try to talk to anyone about it, they've seen everything. Yes. So I'm like, I love Kyle. And everyone's like, no one likes her anymore. She's a disliked housewife. Lisa Vanderpump's gone. Where's she gone? What happened? I don't know. Everyone else knows. Followed Lisa Vanderpump on Instagram for like five minutes and had to unfollow her because her content was so constant <laughs> and annoying. Yeah. But I love her. Yeah. She's so... Yeah, yeah, you will love Vanderpump Rules then. Yeah. All the girls in LA that I was like living with a couple of years ago, they are obsessed with Vanderpump Rules way more than Real Housewives. It sounds like it wouldn't be a good show because all it is is following the staff members at this random... Mm, these random so restaurants... Good, yeah. Like, it's just the staff, like, normal people. But then I'm also, like, you didn't think um, Below Deck Med was going to be good, which is following staff members on super yachts, and it is really good. Yeah, I think as well with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, not to be like, I'm an intellectual, but I find it really interesting how, like, as the show goes on, there's always subtext in what they're fighting about. Like, they're fighting about they're actually fighting about because people kick off over the weirdest stuff and you're mm. like wait what's going on mm. they're fighting about what they're doing to be perceived a certain way by the audience in scenes so when someone says something and someone kicks off and you're confused about why they're fighting when they talk about it in the reunions i'll talk about it later it's someone saying you made that jab because it would undermine the credibility of my restaurant or like lisa vanderpump makes a joke about adrian maloof's shoe line mm, i remember that and adrian Malouf's really angry about it and adrian Malouf's angry about it because she's saying that's gonna stop how many of these sell afterwards like they're all just invested in these business ventures and they take all of the jabs that are made as like jabs that will undermine their like following with the fandom which will affect how much they can monetize things and it, there's just this second level of fighting going on in all the scenes that mm. I just find so fascinating. Yeah. And Lisa Vanderpump's obviously the only like smart one. So she's kind of pulling the strings and making everything just work in her favor all the time. She's just a genius. Yeah. Making all her restaurants go like crazy. Yeah. Like she introduces true. these characters and she pretends to become really good friends with Brandy Glanville and makes her sit down with someone who works at Sir who like boost Brandy's husband. Yes, and she's setting it up for Vanderpump Rules. Like that woman now, Shayna is like one of the most famous people in Vanderpump Rules. Lisa was planning everything ten years ahead of time. She's such she's a genius. genius. I just love her so much. And then it's also really interesting to watch it as like a time capsule for the way certain topics were discussed. Like I know you talked about the domestic violence thing. 
it is actually a really interesting cultural document to see this woman in this group of elite friends. It's kind of like Big Little Lies, but it's real. Mm. (laughs) Where she's getting drunk and telling people that she's being hit and then they're going and having conversations saying, yeah, but she's a bit dramatic or she's very sensitive and we've never seen anything or why would you keep going back to him? Or What are we supposed to do? He's he's like high profile and he's in our friend group and he's famous or whatever. Yeah, or like, you know, she'll say that he's hurt her really violently and then an hour later make a joke about how excited she is that he's booked a private jet for them to go on a trip and she's so obviously like seduced by all the money stuff. So like that adds this element of them kind of blaming her because she's obviously still excited by all the financial security he offers her and how everyone splits over it. It's really fascinating mm. to watch. And I think it's still kind of the case today. It's it's jarring to watch people say, why don't you leave? Because I feel like we're so past that. We're like past saying that out loud to a person kind of, mm. but we're not past thinking it. Yeah. Or just getting our heads around it as a society. Totally. Like for years and years and years, I was like really close to a domestic violence situation. It was constantly like, just didn't have my head around it so much so that I would just be like constantly thinking, I don't know why she just doesn't leave him. Mm -hmm. And it took me years to be like, oh, she's in a fucking, literally this is the real life of what you watch on TV. She's in a domestic violence situation. She doesn't feel like she can leave. She's in love. She's confused. She doesn't realize, because he's making up excuses, she doesn't realize the situation is as bad as, it is. It's like so many factors. And, and you she's just don't... literally being put in a situation where she's being like hurt and then overcompensated, like showered with love and affection and mm. kind words and everything. So she, her brain is literally just confused. Yes. She's not even seeing the situation clearly. Yes, because it's exactly. operating on this level beyond like cognitive understanding. Yeah. Like that FK Twigs thing, Gail King kind of still did ask. Mm. I know she was asking in a way of being like, we don't ask this anymore, but she was still like, DFK talks, why didn't you leave? It's weird to me because I feel fortunate that, I don't know if it's because like my auntie who we interviewed on the podcast is a domestic violence shelter manager, but I really don't understand that question. I feel like someone's saying, why don't why would you keep going back to that? I get it in theory, but I feel like we understand so much of the psychology of it now. But like you say, I guess not everyone does. No. And to hear these women saying this all the time and doubting her story saying, well, she's never got bruises when we're filming. I was like, why would he hit her on the body when they're filming a TV show for Bravo. <laughs> like, do you think this man is not intelligent? Like, yeah. do you think he's not trying to protect his reputation? It's and just even, so nuts. And even, like, I know it was physical, but even the emotional abuse is sometimes just as bad. Mm-hmm. Like, how much fear you can instill into someone without even physically touching them. That's, like, FK Twigs and Shire, but it's yeah. also what he probably would have relied on more when they were filming. Yeah, and Taylor Armstrong, who's the housewife we're talking about, she says in some scenes, she's like, if I divorced him, I would have to send my daughter over to him 50% of the time. So when I'm in the house, I'm a buffer mm. for his violent behavior. If I'm sitting at home 50% of the time and I know I've sent off my most precious thing in the world to a highly violent man with a temper who has no one else to take it out on, how am I like resting at night? So she was making those calculations. Yeah. And I just think it's... I don't know if it had this impact at the time, but I feel like it's an amazing (laughs) investigation into what domestic violence actually looks like and how complicated it is and how difficult it is for someone to leave and how difficult it is to be friends in that situation. Because like we were just saying, the friends would say, we're hearing these stories and then she's expecting us to go to dinner with him. 
and get on with him and mm. saying, you guys don't like him. I want you to like him, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and they're saying, well, how can we like him and be nice to him? But then they're shoved into these situations where they have to. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. And one person who said from day dot, never wanted anything to do with him was Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> she said the first time I hung out with Taylor, he sent her this vile message. and I didn't know anything else. And I was like, I'm never, ever being nice to this man ever, even before she found out anything. Love her. Love her. So, Billie Eilish. Mm. Broke the internet, didn't she? It's been a while since we had like an internet breaking magazine cover. I know. I can't think of the last time. Yeah. It came out on Sunday night when I'd been to a barbecue and was rightly drunk. (laughs) And didn't even, I didn't even like remember, I wasn't even that drunk, but I just get such bad memory loss. I won't even remember this conversation after half a gin and tonic. (laughs) Kim from Real Housewives. (laughs) Yes. That's another thing, like their handling of Kim. Okay. They're all puzzled about her behavior. And I'm like, she's an alcoholic. Like every single scene, they're like, why is Kim no, like in the toilet for five hours? I'm like, because she's definitely a drug addict. And a drug addict. And like they're, every scene, they're perplexed by her behavior all over again. And they're talking about it. I'm like, I this think, is all answered by one sentence. I think actually they know more than they were saying on camera, but they were trying to play it down for the cameras. So mm-hmm. they were trying to be like, anyway, we have to yeah. stop talking about this. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> this could go on for quite a while. Um, yeah, on Sunday night, I was like quite drunk when that happened and didn't even remember posting on after work drinks like a screenshot of it i, I was like the ne- what did you post i woke up the next day and was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> posting billy eilish but yeah she was on the cover of british vogue and she actually approached them and said that she wanted to do something completely different so billy eilish obviously has always been wearing baggy clothes on the red carpet in music videos on stage everywhere she goes the only time she's ever been photographed in anything tight is when it's paparazzi photos getting her when she is unexpecting and then like throwing them all over the internet talking about her body she's been open in the past about saying that her depression started when she was a teenager because she was so insecure about her body which is so sad and horrible and so she approached british vogue and Said she wanted to wear a corset and dress completely differently and reclaim being able to wear whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, I was really curious why, because it was one of those images that was so striking the second you saw it and it obviously took off in this crazy way. So six of the 20 most liked Instagram pictures of all time are Billie Eilish and three of those six are from this British Vogue cover wow. shoot. So that's like mad. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it was the quickest to reach a million post in history. Mm. And I was thinking about why we reacted so strongly to those images. And I get that we're used to seeing Billie Eilish in one way and we're seeing her in a different way. But I do think there was more to it than that. And I think it's because to me, as far as I can think of, maybe another example is Rihanna, but it it kind of feels like the first, well, there is examples of this, but it kind of feels like the first time we've seen a teenage girl shot in a quote unquote sexy way, whether wearing lingerie or wearing something that's traditionally thought to be sexy and where the images just come across as completely like empowered, autonomous, owning, non-objectifying. The person feels completely in control. Thinking, for example, about Britney Spears and like the Rolling Stone cover shoot and so many of the ways that she was depicted where it felt so much like she was being molded into this sexualized, gross, weird image by a kind of male gaze. You could just feel in the image that Billie Eilish had controlled every single element of this and was just completely at ease with and happy with 
how she looked and was deciding to look like this on her own terms. Mm. And it changed it from this kind of sexy, sexualized thing into this just amazing, brilliant, powerful moment. Yeah, I agree. I hadn't even fully worked through that thought process in my head because I know when I saw her, I was just like, you did, You can see it in her eyes. Like you yeah. can see it on her face that she was just like, this is what I want to do. It felt like a big fuck you moment. Yes. Being like, fuck you to everyone who says my body isn't enough. Fuck you to the paparazzi. Fuck you to the media for like writing stories about me wearing a tank top. I'm going to wear this. But then she's so cute in the interview. She was saying that she wanted to wear these tight clothes, but then she also chose to wear a corset. And then she was like, because if I'm honest, I chose to wear a corset because I hate my stomach instead of wearing some crop top or one of those cutout dresses that's ever at the moment. And then she was like, I'm so shallow for saying that. And it's just like, this is still a teenage girl working through this process with her body and her self-worth to get to a point where she realizes that it's not her fault that she feels the way she feels. It's not her fault for wanting to wear a corset because she feels nicer in it. Yeah, and Laura Snapes, who wrote this piece, is a music journalist who has written... I can't remember that quote. We shared it. We shared that band. The guy who's going out with FKA Twigs said a Laura Snapes quote on the stage. The guy stage. who's going out with who? FKA Twigs now. Oh, I, I don't know if she had a new is. boyfriend. Yeah, he's really cute. I can't remember his name, sorry. He's in some sort of band. And he quoted Laura Snapes while accepting an award where she had basically written a piece saying that when men make misogynistic music and women call it misogynistic, they're like decried as heretics who don't understand art instead of listening to their very valid accusations. So Laura Snapes is a music writer that's been really focused on sexism and the Mm. treatment of women in the music industry. And you can really tell in the way that she wrote this story where she editorializes when Billie Eilish talks about being insecure that it's so unfair for Billie Eilish to put that pressure on herself Mm. to not have any qualms about what her body looks like when she's a teenager in the most like high profile industry in the world as one of the most famous musicians on the world where her body is constantly scrutinized where almost all of her contemporaries fit this very specific sexualized super thin body ideal there's no way she should be blaming herself for like criticizing or not liking parts of her body because the entire world is telling her that she should feel like that. Yeah. I love how honest she is about it. I just think that'll help so many young women to see that Billie Eilish is struggling so much with body image issues when usually people just not say that and they'll just pretend that her wearing baggy clothes was because that was her style or she just didn't want to wear tight clothes. I love that she's just so honest about it. She also opens up in the interview about being abused. She's by a man she doesn't go into any specifics and I kind of I really wish I'd watch her documentary because I was listening to actually every outfit the podcast and they were talking about her creepy older boyfriend which I'm not saying it was him but they were talking about her creepy older boyfriend and how she was dating him and it was seemed like a really unhealthy relationship during the documentary and she sounded really upset in it and then my housemate was like she seems really kind of mentally unwell in the documentary Mm. i really want to see it now that came out months ago (laughs) we have to watch it another thing that i thought was cool was that the pinup cover shoot paid homage to betty brosma who was this really famous 50s pinup woman and i was reading a little bit about her and she was kind of a person who 
took a lot of control over her own image. So when the 60s and Playboy came out, there was a lot of pressure to do like nude or semi-nude shoots. And she was very resolute that she didn't want to. And she actually got into legal battles with publications about them trying to publish images of her that were more sexualized than she intended them to be. She did say that it was because she didn't want her future husband to see them. So (laughs) she's not this perfect feminist icon. But I do think it's interesting that Billie Eilish made a point of paying homage to someone who is famous for being very outspoken about controlling the image in the press because that's Mm. obviously like what she's kind of trying to emulate yeah love love billy love the blonde great cover story great cover great shoot just perfect the magic of magazines in action perfection perfection Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. to someone who's not perfect <laughs> scott morrison Scomo. you last week I th- did you talk about this on the podcast Just already very briefly very briefly yeah. so now i listened to finally the 7am podcast that you've been recommending for ages which was the episode where they were talking about his evangelical christianity and how he went to this christian conference thing that he told the media who were then asking about it that it was like a prime ministerial duty and he goes to all of the different religious groups and rah 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 but no media had been invited the speech wasn't publicly recorded it was just recorded on someone's iphone and then shared and he was just being such a freak (laughs) (laughs) i love you so much (laughs) But he was. He called social media the work of the evil one. The evil referencing one. Satan. I know. I, I've been using the evil one um, a bit recently. <laughs> the work of the evil one whenever we get a negative review. A-Rod's the evil one. A-Rod. The evil Tristan one. Tristan Thompson's the evil one. Literally. Okay, so I was reading The Guardian. I'll talk more about the details of his weird breed of Christianity in a second. But he was recorded as saying earlier this year... I must admit, I was saying to myself, this is when he thought he was going to lose the election. You know, Lord, where are you? Where are you? I'd like a reminder if that's okay. And there right in front of me was the biggest picture of a soaring eagle that I could imagine. And of course, the verse hit me. The message I got that day said, Scott, you've got... <laughs> Scott? Yuck, yuck. <laughs> Scott, you've got to run now. You've got to... What the fuck? You've got to run 
to not grow weary. You've got to walk to not grow faint. You've got to spread your wings like an eagle to soar like an eagle. Like what? That's... When did he say this? He said this publicly. Yeah, he said this publicly. And right. also that's so... Jare. Jare, yeah. but also so embarrassing and so privileged to be like, I'm going to lose this election. God, where are you? It's God. like, God is busy. Okay, and here's the thing. So Scott Morrison is a Pentecostal Christian. Yeah, so it was an evangelical wrong. I don't even know. I think evangelical just means like very keen. Okay. So I don't he, know if he's it's both. A, yeah. I don't, yeah. I think evangelical is just a keen Christian. I don't, Me about Harry Styles. You're an evangelical Harry, Styles, Harry fan. Styles fan. Do they really not have a fandom name? I don't know. So Pentecostal Christians, it's like a offset of Christianity. Only 1% of Australian Christians are Pentecostal Christians. Mm. And there's never been a Pentecostal Christian prime minister he's the first to hold office and they believe as part of the actual belief system that god rewards good people with money and punishes bad people with no money yeah so so, so people who are poor are poor because they're bad because they're bad people that's god punishing them them for their thing and that's a big big thing in america which is like kind of understandable and i've listened to some i'm trying to remember the book i read about this (laughs) There's something about like the history of how like wealth and religion became really intertwined in America. And part of the reason that like capitalism is so massive in America is because it was set up on this principle Mm. that God rewards you with wealth if you're a good person. So it's why people don't turn their back on or hate Donald Trump or super mega billionaires because they literally believe that God has blessed them with wealth. That's such a wild thing to believe. It's such a wild thing to believe. And I just think it's so at odds with everything that Australian society is theoretically built on that I find it really crazy that we haven't questioned his belief system on that more. Or that's not kind of more common knowledge. Mm, Or the fact that that someone's allowed to be a prime minister with such intense beliefs. Yeah, because I'm like, that obviously speaks to he is kind of known for having made certain welfare cuts or his treatments of refugees or things like that like manus island and everything if you genuinely believe that like a refugee for example who's dirt poor is in their situation because of some sort of moral failing then you're not going to have a very like compassionate empathetic view of them Mm. and their situation and that's going to inform the way that you govern i just find it kind of crazy that (laughs) no one discusses this more yeah it's so wild when i listened to that i was like what the actual fuck is going on (laughs) also so crazy him banning so scott morrison the prime minister of australia has banned australian citizens from returning home from india so any australian citizens who have been in india or who are in india right now were told that they couldn't come home or they faced it was some wild what was five years in jail five years in jail or there was a fine of like fifty thousand dollars or something like that he's like if they're a good person they can afford it yeah (laughs) literally um which is just leaving his citizens for dead so it's people who went over there for funerals to visit sick relatives whose entire lives and families like wives children homes are in australia banning them from coming back and india the covid crisis there is so extreme right now Mm -hmm. that if you were stuck there and couldn't get home to your family and kids you would literally kind of think that you might die 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So anyone who doesn't fully understand the depths of the India COVID situation should listen to the Guardian's Today in Focus episode. It's so bad there that they're literally burning bodies wholesale outside crematoriums because they do not have the capacity to dispose of the bodies they have coming in. They think the death rates are up to 10 times higher than is being reported Mm. because they literally don't have the infrastructure to get any data together. People are dying at home or on the steps of hospitals because there literally is not enough oxygen in the country to support anyone. There's stories of elections happening where all the people up for election are dying of COVID before the election takes place. It's this huge, huge, huge apocalyptic crisis over there. And I understand there's this like fear of bringing it back to Australia. But as you said, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) No other country in the world is doing this. Like there's travel bans, but not on Citizens. citizens yeah it's basically like a human rights violation to not let people come back to their own country like i remember new zealand was the same new zealanders and australians are very much like keep us safe which is so fair enough you're an island you want to be safe but it's like you can't ban people from coming home to, to where they're where they literally are from mm-hmm. their place of safety their place of refuge put them in a quarantine facility put them mm-hmm. in a more extreme quarantine facility take more extreme measures for sure but right now i think it's funny because i think Australians are kind of thinking of this as a them-centered thing, but it's like right now, people who were in India are returning to the UK, they're returning to New Zealand, they're returning to the United States, they're returning to Canada, they're returning to the EU. The only place in the whole world that the citizens aren't allowed to return to is Australia, Mm -hmm. that is like basically leaving them for dead. It's like quite crazy. I was thinking about this and we were talking about it earlier just the whole nationalism with COVID, with this whole situation, is just so crazy how much different countries are using this situation and using the fact that millions upon millions of people are dying, not because of anything that's their fault, because of literally the situation that they are in. You know, social distancing is a privilege in Indian households. Uh, people live closer together. They work closer together. Millions of people live in slums. It's like a completely different situation. Like if you can social distance in a house, you are so much more lucky than the majority of people who live there and then you turning that situation to then be like Australia I've done a great job as your prime minister vote for me or in Mm -hmm. the UK they're being like the India variant is so bad or the South Africa variant is so bad when there was a UK variant but we'll never talk about that Mm -hmm. we'll never talk about the fact that we also had a very bad variant but didn't talk about it here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know or in Australia you'll never talk about the Australian variant or whatever you know because every country is so caught up on getting its own economy back in order worried about its own elections worried about making themselves look really great in this yeah and it's interesting how nationalism actually played a huge role in India being where they are at now Mm. so in that guardian podcast um because i was so confused because india if you look back at their numbers through like march april may june they had really really low numbers for a country of 1.3 billion people it was kind of amazing and modi their leader very controversially introduced a four-hour notice lockdown last march which had a lot of knock-on problems it left a lot of migrant workers they were basically left for dead because they physically didn't have time to get back to where they were originally from to meet the deadline. So they were left homeless and destitute and couldn't work. And a lot of people died in really horrific circumstances. But on the other side of that, he was praised because it basically meant that COVID couldn't spread rapidly in a country where there's so much congestion of the population. 
And basically what happened, because India handled it so well, the vaccinations were rolling out really effectively. And they're making all of the vaccinations. They're making a lot of the vaccinations. A lot of old people in India have been vaccinated. There became this like political current of Indian nationalism. They called it Indian exceptionalism, where there was this attitude that India had defeated COVID in a way that no other country in the world had, and that everyone could start celebrating and going back to normal because there was like something very specifically special about like Indian people. And this is obviously not every Indian person believes this. This was kind of like a government well, messaging. And he was doing it because it was coming up to an election. Was so he was election, like, the quicker yeah. I get the economy back on track, the quicker I say it. out feeling yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll get elected again. And then it's resulted in this. Yeah. You had things like religious festivals where 10 million people swam in the Ganges mm. over a week long period and then all went back to different parts of the country and now a huge amount of the people who are sick and dying are young people because a lot of the older people have been vaccinated so yeah i think that idea of anyone in any country trying to overly politicize any part of this crisis it's like how rich countries are hoarding the vaccine which i read about ages ago but then realized we hadn't talked about on the pod because we haven't really been talking about covid every week but just the fact that the us the uk and the eu bought so many vaccines they bought like three times as many as they need per country so the eu ordered 1.6 billion doses for its adult population of roughly 375 million so that means once people have had two vaccines each there's 525 million full vaccines that are going to waste the UK's ordered 219 million and there's 54 million adults here a surplus of 165 million and that means that I think there was an article I read a few weeks ago that said that um, some countries in Africa wouldn't get any vaccines until 2024. Oh my God. Because all we care about is ourselves. Like a cute little Prince Harry on the weekend did this speech because mm. there was a global vax concert that they're holding to try and get countries to just actually be fair and distribute the vaccines to everyone worldwide. Mm. He was just like, we're literally not going to be safe until everyone mm-hmm. is vaccinated so why are we like even if you think about it selfishly tourism is such mm-hmm. a huge part of countries economies and it's like if you're not letting other countries get the vaccine because you're hoarding it for yourself to make your own country like you more and vote for you or your own country's economy mm-hmm. get back up it's just gonna stop again and we're gonna be back in lockdown if you're not letting other countries have it yeah exactly so wild i know it's depressing isn't it okay chugi I hate the word. I like the word. Do you like the word? I don't like, I can't really get my mouth around it. Um, Yeah, Emily, our editor, told us to stop slamming our drinks on the table. I think that was still directed towards me. It's like when they send out company emails that are obviously towards one person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of the issues are directed at Grace, who loves to... They're like, "Um, can we please stop swinging around? (laughs) Can we please stop waving our hands in front of the microphone, (laughs) leaning back and forward, slamming shit, turning the bathroom fan on? (coughs) Coughing. So sorry. (laughs) Okay, Chuggy. Chuggy. Chuggy debuted in the New York Times this week. It's a TikTok phrase basically to embody like trash millennials. Mm-hmm. But all the examples of it seem a bit confused. Odd. Like there was a picture of minions and Ugg boots and they was basically saying this is a new word for basic. But then all the examples they were using were just beyond even basic. Mm. So we are redefining Chuggy yes. in our own terms today. Yes. Because we get what they're getting at, but we think we can... 
Well, I think what they're getting at is chuggy is a term for millennials who think they're not basic. I think it's millennials acting like boomers, how we see boomers behave where they have these kind of very specific behaviors on Facebook. Like when they do those weird filters and Mm -hmm. they post things and get in fights with like... And post albums from a brunch. Yeah, exactly. I think it's millennials doing things like that. But on Instagram. On Instagram. And we're still in the process of not being able to fully identify it because we're in it. But if you're a TikToker who's Gen Z, you can see the things very clearly. So the things that stood out to me as being the most obvious chuggy things and their examples were being like this one about your partner yeah or um did a thing when you cut your hair yes but i think it it goes deeper than that so (laughs) i feel mean saying this but the most chuggy thing i can think of is like Gigi hadid's new yorker wall yes she has taken a, with that kind of Kelvin-esque filter. Yeah. So she has a wall in her house, right? Of it's New York covers. Yeah. That's weird. Why is her interior design so crazy? I know, especially because in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, sorry, Yolanda Hadid is always going about how her and Muhammad Hadid like work on the interior design together collaboratively for like the Ritz Carlton. So shocked that Kendall Jenner's is so good. And Gigi Hadid is so bad. Gigi Hadid obviously did hers herself and Kendall Jenner delegated to a professional to a professional because Gigi said I've always dreamed of this bathroom and that's just bizarre <laughs> a New Yorker bathroom covered with New Yorker covers and it's what like she a, has dreamed of it looks but... like a, a hostel like an Airbnb wow anyway that's chuggy chuggy for sure yes what else is chuggy someone said lasagna is chuggy <laughs> that makes me laugh so much but I know but I, I can't even understand how it no. is I think chuggy is <laughs> before we started this you were reading out the New York Times piece and I like thrust forward with my hands in the air and said I'm chuggy <laughs> <laughs> let's address the elephant in the room because I was thinking about how you're not chuggy with Instagram we are chuggy. We're all a bit chuggy. We we're, are we're on chugs. Instagram. We are chuggy <laughs> because we like worry about our aesthetic. We like don't just post. Being not chuggy is posting on Instagram like literally us dressed like this with no filter looking like shit to show off that my like microphone has been mauled by a cat or something. Yeah. But we wouldn't because I look disgusting. And we'd look even more chuggy trying to like not Try- look chuggy. Yes. Yeah. We would look even more chuggy trying to <laughs> not have a filter and look relaxed and cool. And I think that's why... You have to be useful and fun and fresh because you actually feel like that when you're young. Like that's the thing when you're yes. young. You don't give a shit because I you always, always look beautiful. Yeah. And I always get in like an Instagram hole of looking at a specific sect of girls who I vaguely know. I've like had dinner with them a few times or whatever we're friends of friends and they are just they are just probably like 26 max Mm -hmm. and i look at them being like i want to wear a cute little mini skirt and stand in the street with my top off and have blurry photos of myself taken and then i'm like you're 30 get a grip (laughs) (laughs) you're 30 (laughs) you're Chuggy. You're chuggy. Okay, so The Cut did a story on this, obviously. And they, this, again, I'm just confused, but they're, the writer who wrote this is hilarious. Now I'm like, is that dress I just bought chuggy? No. No. Me trying to be... Cut that, Emily. Yeah, cut that. Beep the name. Mm. <laughs> just beep the name. Yeah. Okay, so The Cut said, Saturdays are for the boys. 
and long board shorts. I don't get that. Chug, chug, and even more chug. Rich people can also be chuggy. Gucci belts with the big GG, chuggy. Yeah, but that's also basic. I know. Listen to this. <laughs> a Tory Birch sandal, a chug's shoe of choice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Tiffany and Co. So, yeah, Tiffany and Co. bracelets, chuggy. But I don't think that. I think they're talking about those Tiffany, me, with mine. <laughs> Oh my God. Fuck off. No, but I'm like, they're talking about those ones with the love heart, right? Yes. But I'm like, Tif- that's basic. Everything's elevated. Like Tiffany & Co. is not chuggy. Tiffany & Co. is like the chic tea bracelets mm. and mm. all of that. That's the furthest thing from yeah. chuggy. So I'm like, this is all, I don't know who's making these rules. Sporty & Rich is chuggy. Sporty & Rich is chuggy. Yeah, for sure. There's an Instagram account called Chug Life. Yeah. We should be running it because they don't get it. I mean, I don't fully get it. You need a true chug to run chug life to understand what it is. It's like turning millennials into Karens, which is like totally fine. And we've had it coming for a long time. But <laughs> yes. like, I just, they've got Lana Del Rey alongside a picture of Neutrogena and then face minions. wipes alongside Minions. And then a thing saying girl boss. Like that's basic. Yeah. There's a difference like, between basic and chuggy. That's what I mean. I'm confused. And they've got like Viva La Juicy, which what? Like no one uses that. Got- like. Herbal essences. That's so funny. And then just the Pinterest pin. I mean, that's quite chuggy. Yeah. Triangle bikinis are just basic. That's what I mean. Triangle bikinis are basic. Raspberry flavored Smirnoff is basic. A Gucci GG belt is 2015 basic. Maybe we want chuggy to be something it's not because they're saying that Urban Dictionary is just saying it's the opposite of trendy. So it's a new word for basic. And they're calling these Birkenstocks, which are like not chuggy, chuggy. Not the normal Birkenstocks, but the like kind of croc style ones. They put a Rupi Kaur quote, which is quite chuggy. Rupi Kaur is chuggy, for sure. Posting Rupi Kaur poems on Instagram is chuggy. That's And they've put up like those 2002 low-rise jeans with the flare and then it's like Devin Lee Carlson wears those they're not chuggy they're like very on trend now so yeah this the chug life account is highly confused and then they've got these sort of you know fish in a bowl (laughs) things that these things are so random (laughs) yes way rosé is basic it's like we've got these are Karen things like we're talking about a modernized version of the Karen meme but we need to get it right but what these guys are doing is just absolutely all over the show and it's Incorrect. Okay, they've got a thing called famous tubes. Let me see what this is. Oh my god, this will be wrong. I okay, yeah, no, Ali from Fifth Harmony. I don't know who that is. Britney Spears is a tube. That's just that's we wrong. Leave Britney alone. Sh- and what are you? What are you actually talking about? She hasn't been in the public eye for like ten years. Ariana Grande is quite chuggy. Yeah, for for sure. Chloe Kardashian is a tube. I mean, yeah. Chloe Kardashian is a tube. Yes, <laughs> and so is Courtney. <laughs> yeah, and Kim isn't. I don't know who this girl is. Taylor Swift is a tube. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, so they they understand the celebs. J Lo is a chug for sure. Yeah, yeah, a great example. Paris is a chug, of course. Paris Hilton. Yeah. Liam Payne is a chug. What? Katy Perry is a chug. Yes. Is she? I think she is. I think we all are. We are. Yeah, we're all <laughs> we're all chugs. I'm trying to think of my chugiest behavior. Like having a Goodreads account. <laughs> yeah, it's quite chuggy. Yeah. Anyway. I want to keep talking about this because I feel like we haven't quite got to the bottom of this yet. I feel like, okay. Posting I've... books on Instagram is chuggy. Do you think that's chuggy? I think so. I think us 
get, I'm more than willing to accept that. Like, no problem. <laughs> no, I love you posting books. The I'm inner chug. No, I, I, no, I don't take offense. I to think it. me posting this is chuggy. <laughs> <laughs> I think us getting up early and having a mimosa to watch the Oprah Meghan Markle interview might have been peak chug. Yes, <laughs> for us. I agree. <laughs> and then doing an emergency yeah, podcast. See, see, yes. see, I feel like we are stuck in this horrible phase where we're on the borderline of chugs and not. We're like the border of Bella chugs. and Gigi. We're like yes. literally straddling Gigi's that. Gigi's chug, Bella's not. Yeah. And it's like we're like straddling that where we can see chuggy things and we don't want to be involved in it, but we can't help it because we were just born in this time. We're way too old I for TikTok. I was born in the wrong era. <laughs> we're way too old for TikTok. What are we going to do? Imagine. We can't help it, guys. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to post it? I'm, I'm not talking like just us. Everyone listening. Probably. Everyone. Apart from how we have random 19-year-olds who listen. Yeah, I know. Like, Zach's sister, Alex, like, love you. She just gets away with everything. She's, like, cute and 20. Oh, my sister My sister is 19 years old and all her friends listen to this podcast. Okay. And I'm like, what are we telling these girls? They're just listening to two old farts talk about how they don't two know how hags, to use social media. Two hags on a mic. Wait. Okay, so, like, young listeners, send us the trugiest things. Oh, this this I'm we sound like Chugs saying this. Send us in your tips on Instagram, like oh god. But I just want to know because I feel like there are people listening who are young who are like oh god, they're missing so many like yeah. things that they've done. That <laughs> yes, so people should send us their Chug. I think millennials should send us their Chugiest moment. This is a shame free zone. Obviously, we've had yeah. like a bus hotline going. Mm-hmm. and our emails people should send us their chugiest moments and then gen z should send us what they think actual chugs are yeah and i think we should just work on redefining this term and giving it like a few more limitations so we have a better understanding of it because i don't think chug should be interchangeable with basic i think it's a new and you know not to get serious but people have been saying that you know basic has a lot of kind of class connotations where it's often about someone who can't afford to dress a certain way so it's like quite mean and malicious where like chug is a sort of free for all that like loving term mm-hmm. that is not meant to cause pain or harm. Yes. <laughs> so I like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and your mum did that on the phone the first time I like screamed. You're like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yes. <laughs> Yes, and to me, just listening intently to you. I know. You're saying. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes, exactly. So the girl who created it is called Gabby Rassin, a student at Beverly Hills High School, and she coined it in 2013. And she said that she was trying to find this words for this specific type of new kind of basicness. God, soon we're gonna get a fucking New York Times article about bus or jade or we should. What's the other thing we say? There's something else. Naughty. Nah, that's another word we made up. Is there? I think so. But anyway. Yeah. Um, In 2013, and she said it was just on the tip of her tongue and she just said it. It's so funny. Chuggy. Yeah, chuggy. <laughs> it, it, it does work. It do, Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a new segment. <laughs> yep. It's called... Jare Moments of the Week. Jare Moments of the Week. Because we've basically been doing this as a segment, but we didn't have a name for it. Yeah, is where we just talk about kind of embarrassing celebrity moments of the week to round out our episodes. Because highly some- intellectual episodes. Yes, because sometimes sometimes they are quite intense and sad mm-hmm. or serious. Not like this one where we talked about being chugs for the past <laughs> hour. But we want to just leave you guys on a high note, so we want to talk about just jare moments. 
Also, still getting DMs about what Jare means. Very disappointed in all of you. J-A-R-E-H. Google it. It's on Urban Dictionary. Is it? Yeah. That's nice. The Urban Dictionary. I a member of Zach's family put it on Urban Dictionary. I send um, people what it means, but the Urban Dictionary definition is so funny. I'm going to read it to you one last time, okay, girls? <laughs> Jare is an Assyrian word for poor thing. Something you say when you're feeling sorry for someone. The J is pronounced almost like a S-H and the R is rolled. The word is best used sarcastically. Oh, she's ugly. Jare. Look at that man working in the middle of the road. Jare. He wants to die. Jare. They're in love. Jare. No one liked her photo. Yeah. So Zach's family are Assyrian and they use Jare all the time. And it's just the best word. There really is no English equivalent. Yeah. And so yeah. Jare moments of the week. One. So Megan Markle has a children's book coming out. <laughs> Which on its own is slightly genre, but the backstory is the truly unnerving detail. The book is called The Bench. I don't want to give her shit because she gets enough shit and I don't want to pile on. But I find it embarrassing that she credits herself in writing this book as Megan the Duchess of Sussex, even though I understand that that's technically her title. Yeah. You live in LA. You you just did an Oprah interview about how you hate the royals. I get that that's technically your name. But, but she does, I, they do so many things that aren't to do with their royal titles. They went on Oprah without asking the royal family. So it's like you could probably just use Meghan Markle. Yeah, I just think it would be a good sign of you looking very cool and independent and being like, I don't fucking care. I don't care about your stupid, weird royal family, okay? I'm going to write my children's book. I'm just going to write a children's book. It's very on brand for her. But the genre element is that the book is an extension of a poem she wrote Prince Harry on Father's Day. God. <laughs> just Don't bring... share that detail. Like, just let the book live on its own. Be like Shakespeare. Like, never never complain, never explain. Like, never <laughs> don't explain your artistic process. Bring back the tig. But yeah, the tig is coming back. I Oh, Meghan Markle. Chuggy. Oh. Chuggy to a T. She is. Yeah. What are you saying? What is the thing that elevates it from basic to chuggy? I think because she's like celebrated in the fashion world and mm-hmm. she is, you know, okay, so her wearing well like respected. Expensive tight blue jeans with an expensive button down white shirt is chuggy. I think she's chuggy because people wouldn't as- she's a person people wouldn't associate her with being basic no because she's not basic yeah you're right she's chuggy yeah she's she's chuggy queen chug another funny thing that happened this week was that rita aura probably chug i don't know much about her but i would say chug yeah she's best known as being like the ultimate who on who weekly yes Shara. and taika waititi who is as everyone should know a famous New Zealand director who did Boy Hunt for the Wilder People. What's that one that came out last year? Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Won an Oscar. Yeah. Won, a, won an Oscar. The first Māori person to ever win an Oscar. Is now dating Rita Ora, which is so random. So he's in Sydney filming, I think it's Thor 2. Yeah, well, they so there's been a, I think they're calling it the Hollywood gold rush in Sydney because of... I'm sure it's happening in New Zealand too because of how limited restrictions are. But Heaps remember, productions are happening in remember Australia. Remember pre-COVID, I texted you and said that Taika Waititi was going to come to Sydney and I was hanging out with his assistant and she wanted friends in Sydney. So would you be her friend? 
So this was planned pre. Yeah. And you were like, I'm going to be in London by then. So no. For God's sake. <laughs> no, um, I love, yeah, I love Tyker. I'm like a huge fan of his work and he seems really cool. And I just find this relationship like quite odd. And I find that they're kind of indulging it by putting up pictures and being photographed together and stuff like very jarter. It's giving me sort of... You said the funniest thing before where you said, imagine being one of his kids and just seeing dad out passing Rita Ora. You were just like, no. He's so embarrassed. It reminds me of... I know it isn't like that to the same extent, but it just reminds me of Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift. One of those relationships that's being like shoved in your face in the press and you're like, what? It is so random. How did they even meet? No, actually, I think they were both at the Drag Race party. But that, was yes. only, that was only a few days ago. They no, must yeah. have met before then. Yeah, they. I think they went to the Drag Race party together. Uh-huh. That was when it first made the news. And then a friend of mine is at an event with them tonight and texts me saying that they're kissing at the bar. <sighs> oh. We're missing a lot in Sydney, eh? We like just left and now it's all, it's it's all, all going down. I can't believe this RuPaul's Drag Race is happening in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, so I watched the first episode. It's getting a little bit of backlash already because the only First Nations Indigenous queen. Oh, wait, is it happening in. Where is it happening? It was filmed in New Zealand, right. but it features Australian and New Zealand okay, cast right. members. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you must know some of the. My friend's doing the um, hair for it. Oh, that's My friend nice. Tano, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so lovely to see queens that are Australian and New Zealand. I have such a soft spot for the New Zealanders, obviously. There's one that looks like tom but whiter basically my best guy friend yeah they seem to not have fully i don't know who their like cultural consultant was but they seem to have not fully nailed it like they open it with the australian anthem which is a bit of a touchy subject in terms of like australia day and colonization celebration and stuff and spoiler alert jump forward 10 seconds the only indigenous first nations queen in the whole season goes home first oh fuck and she did this really great like Always was, always will be Indigenous land. Thing oh, on fuck, runway. really? So it just felt... And the favourite to win, Karen from Finance, great drag name, has a gollywog tattoo. And... What does that mean? They're what like those gollywog? really racist... Oh, the like, dolls. Like, dolls. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, has I saw it... one of those dolls in a vintage market here the other day. Did you? Yeah. No, I saw like three of them. And I was like, is this not really racist? Yeah, so Karen from Finance has a huge collection of those horrible, horrible dolls, which I was taught even in primary school, are wildly, wildly offensive. Mm. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> I was in primary school. And Karen from Finance in 2016 did this huge interview with her giant collection of them saying she knows they're offensive and insensitive but collects them anyway and has a giant tattoo of one on her leg and apologized just before the show started but that's who won the episode so i can i can see there being problems it was just a little bit i can't believe they're there though i know paul and stuff are in we're in auckland i know heaps of our friends have been interviewing them i know interviewing michelle visage and stuff i was like wow i know our friend jonah i was i was like congrats i was on paris hilton's page the other day and i looked at who she was following and it was a couple of people we know and then jonah and i was like jonah bloody mr connected so what's the last piece j-lo a-rod oh sorry j-lo ben affleck we got so many messages about this hmm understandably so i haven't looked into this too much but all i saw was a photo of ben affleck getting out of j-lo's car yeah i wrote feels so random j-lo ben affleck stunt 
in our yeah, minds. Yeah, I mean, probably. It has the trappings of a publicity stunt yes. to me. I don't know why they would be hanging out. I don't know why you'd see it publicly. Another funny thing that happened was a girl matched with Ben Affleck on Raya and thought it was fake, so she deleted him. And then he sent her a video on Instagram, Jare. Oh, that's happened to me once and I felt really... Uh, like violated it's like, so violated when find... someone follows yeah. you around yes. like i unmatched with someone on bumble and then someone found me on instagram and said why did you unmatch me yeah it's creepy it's so creepy ben affleck's like an elderly man like yes. what's he doing what's he up to yes yeah so i think j-lo's probably spotted with him to like maybe get back at a-rod but i don't even know if a-rod would be threatened by ben affleck that's why it feels jarter because it feels like Ben Affleck and J-Lo were both like, let's do this to get some headlines. And get back at Anna Diarmas. Anna and yeah. A-Rod. Imagine if Anna and A-Rod went out. Like, I can fully see that happening. Me too. And then J-Lo and Ben Affleck will just be sitting in her Range Rover being like, we don't want a bus. What are we doing? <laughs> have to pretend this is happening. I would like to see them get back together because it would be interesting. But I have no emotional involvement in it. I just don't like Ben Affleck and I can't. Yeah, neither. Ben Affleck's... Yuck. He encourages no feelings of goodwill in me Agreed. whatsoever. I was also too young when they dated, so I can't really remember that being a vibe. Yeah, neither. I know there's that movie Gigi or Jiggly or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should watch. <laughs> Big chuggy energy. We should watch that if they do get back together. I just don't get why you would hang out and like have a drink, like have a in each other's car. It just seems so random. But J-Lo has, like, very chaotic energy. She does, In yeah. regards to her love life. She, yeah, she's been married a lot. Oh, yeah. we didn't even talk about Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian, but we've got no time. But Tristan Thompson's been caught cheating no on Khloe Kardashian again. I just feel sorry for her. It sucks. He's such a dirtbag. But he's, like, spent months and months and months and months, like, literally a year, whining and dining her and trying to make up for it and saying that he would be with her forever. And then he got caught cheat because this girl sydney literally released <laughs> messages and stuff she's i naughty. feel really sorry for she's chloe a naughty girl. it would suck i know yeah i feel sorry for her too all these ladies making such silly decisions never date a musician or an athlete like how how many times do we have to say this <laughs> guys <laughs> Chloe obviously doesn't listen too carefully to this podcast. Yeah, she should start. We're here for you. Um, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.